Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. There's things and places you can go that make this city so much more beautiful than what the news is sharing. And so I can't even, in my own city, I can't even watch the news because I don't want to get desensitized yeah. to the things that are going on within our community and, and around. Because they're sharing things that are meant to put us in a place where we're scared. Yeah. What up, world, man? This is Anthony Roberts, host of the Reality Is podcast, where filtering becomes extinct. Today's episode of the Reality Is is brought to you by Spreaker. Listen to the world's trendiest podcast or create your own on Spreaker. Today's episode is also brought to you by Take Action Gear and Apparel, the brainchild of actor Gabriel Silva to stand up to bullying through fashion and accessories that let you be you. So help out the young fellow man and his mom and the whole organization of Take Action Gear by going to www.takeactiongear.com and purchase something to support the cause. I kind of didn't really even write any notes. Like I'm kind of getting consistent with doing this while I really don't write notes. I know you told me, Artiza, you was like, you know, hey, this guy emailed us. You know who he is. You know, mm-hmm. he if people listen to the podcast, you know, he told us and put us up on game about show Baraka yeah. and Vanessa Hill. That's why we were able to get them in the studio, learned a little bit about, you know, their episode mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. And then I thought he lived here in Dallas. And then I was like, oh, mm-hmm. shit, he don't live here. Mm-mm. He heard about us, I think, through a friend, which I'll let him tell that once we get ready to do the podcast. But I want to bring on uh, Chicago native, the homie Terrell Lindsay. Um, the creator and host of the Awesome Black Dads podcast, man. He's calling in from Chicago. How you doing today, man? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. We finally got the mics working for the people who would, you know, they, they won't hear that part, but, you know, we've been fighting with the yeah. mic for about 15 minutes. You know, you called in on time. Me and Spider were sitting here in the studio talking like, well, I know he's going to call on time. I was like, I don't, mm-hmm. I was like, I've never even met Terrell in person, but he's efficient. So then Artesia <laughs> texted me and then I looked at the phone and I'm like, I asked Spider, I was like, why is she texting me, bro? Why is she calling me? As soon as I call her, she was like, hey, he said he called you. Nobody's answering. So Spider worked his magic, man, got it done. Spidey! Today was just a day of mess. Yeah. It's a Monday. It's a a Monday. Because I was stuck in traffic Yeah, I was actually getting a... Go ahead. Yeah, I was actually getting a little um, anxious because I thought that... um, Because my wife picked me up up from work and we drive into the house together. Yeah. Um, And I thought I was going to be stuck in Chicago traffic trying to get in. I didn't want to be making a call from... Uh, from 290 because yeah. <laughs> you never know what kind of happens then. No, that's but, true. That's true. You know, I made it home and so what, we're so, here. So how did you find out about the podcast? And I always ask people that who are mm-hmm. listeners of the podcast and then they are on the podcast or they do an interview. But I want to ask you specifically, yeah. how did you find out about the Realities Podcast? So specifically, I found out through uh, a really good friend of mine. His name is Jason Ferguson. Fergie. Um, and his wife, yeah, and his wife, Arana Ferguson. I went to high school with both of them. Okay. Um, and so they lived in Dallas for a little while, and I guess they linked up with you. Uh, I don't know if it was through that, your your um, your book your book bag giveaway. Um, oh, how he yeah. linked up, and then he was on the, then he was on the podcast, and um, and then he knew what I was doing. And we, we talk, like, we, we've been cool since, I don't know, Jason was cutting my hair when I was a freshman in high school, so we've been cool for a very long time. He was giving you chili um, bowls, man? Yeah, yeah, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, he got me he got me away from the chili bowls. You oh, know okay. But, <laughs> so, he got, so he got a little uh, skills. His, his left game, his left yeah. game. Yeah, okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he got it. He, he's good. But, um, and so that's how I found out about you guys and started, and started listening and, and just kind of got hooked. Yeah. From from that perspective and learned a lot. And uh what I wanna say before we kinda get into anything before I forget, I wanna thank you for um for reaching out on the side because I did reach out to you guys and say, Hey, I'd like to hear you guys talk about this album that I was listening to with the perspective of relationships because you guys talk really transparently about your relationship yeah. and relationships in general. 
and I thought that album was dope. And I, I want to, I appreciate you reaching out, yeah. not necessarily saying anything on the podcast, but reaching out to the side and, say, and saying thank you. I think that means a whole lot, even more than just saying anything on the on the podcast itself. So pre- I appreciate that. No, anytime, man. And it's yeah. crazy that people do that because it's crazy because Artesia always used to tell me, and she still tells me sometimes now. She was like, from a distance, you look like a cocky asshole. She's like, but as I got mm-hmm. to know you, she was like, you really are a good guy. You check up on people and you give people appreciation like I do it all the time on the podcast for her so for me yeah. For me, it only felt right to reach out to you and say, hey, bro, I appreciate it. Because not to be funny, one, you gave us another interview. You gave us a good interview. Yeah. We got access to mm-hmm. them, you know, when they were here in Dallas. And honestly, we wouldn't have never known about them. And it's a great fucking concept of the album that they did. So when you brought it to me yeah. and Artesia, well, when you brought it to Artesia and brought it to us, she told me about it. And when I started listening to it, the thing that was so dope about it, like you said, was it was an honest, transparent discussion, which we really don't hear anymore these days, man. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So yeah. So that goes along. That goes a long way, man. So whatever you do, I'm sure you'll continue that. Yeah. But I think that that will be um, a part of your calling card in terms of you know retaining the people that that listen to you um, honestly and stick with you. Man, I appreciate that. that. I appreciate that. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna take this uh, spotlight off me, man. And we're gonna put it on you. We're gonna shine it real <laughs> bright. You know, we're gonna turn it up just oh, a man. little bit here in the studio. And I think what you yeah. are doing and 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 what you're trying to do and what you're you know bringing people together to do with the Awesome Black Dads podcast, the website, um, and the social yeah. media presence is dope. And one of the biggest things I wanted to talk to you about after we find out how you got into it is childhood moments that you had with your dad you know I don't know your Mm. relationship with your father we can kind of dive into that and we can talk about it from my perspective and you know me I don't mind laying shit bare on the table to make people comfortable you know about talking about their own but what made you come up with the concept for awesome black dads um well I think in general I think I came in in 2016 ish I came up with um, I just had the thought, man, you know, cycling through or going through our news feeds and social media, um, no, no matter whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, like you get, I get, I got sick and tired of seeing the same kind of narrative with respect to people that look like me. Yeah. Right. Um, especially black men and especially fathers. I think at one point in time I had even seen a, somebody had made a, a father's day card for mothers. And I was like, what kind of world we live in where they're now making father's cards for yeah. moms. When I understand that there are, you know, there are instances where um, moms obviously step in and become, do what they can to raise a child and the father's not there. True. It's still not the narrative that I wanted to be a part of. I got two young boys and um, a lot of the guys that are in my circle, right, they're present. Yeah. They're trying. They're not perfect, um, but they're there trying to do the best that they can to be something different. Yeah. And so I felt like, you know, I had the tools to do to begin to shed some light on some of that reality, right? So the goal, the one main goal was that I wanted to create something that would resonate with people in a way that caused them to rethink about, rethink the narrative um, or the stereotypes that are put out there by mainstream media with respect to black men and, and black men and fatherhood. Yeah. Um, and, but the project has turned into so much more. So it started out with like a small little blog and then I realized that guys really didn't want to write. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, it kind of evolved from there uh, and then I kind of thought about, all right, well, you know, podcast is this way where it gives an opportunity for guys to tell their story yeah. and talk about it where I can ask questions. And you know, and the, and you know, putting a mic in front of a man is an ego thing. If they like to hear themselves talk yeah. and you're going to get all the juice, man. Right. Well, and, and so that's funny that you mentioned that um, is because even for me, after putting them, because I'm, I'm not trained in any way. I know you've mentioned before, like you've had, you've had some media training. Yeah. Um, you went to school for it to some degree. Yeah. Uh, I don't have that. Right. So when I got in front of a mic and I'm still learning too, yeah. but after having to go back and listen to some of the episodes and the people that I've talked to, like I had to do some reevaluation for myself. So mm-hmm. even like looking at that, these stories are helping me and other people when they go back and listen to it in a way that makes us a better version of, ourselves because it's not about being better than me yeah. it's about being the best version of yourself when it comes to being a man and a father yeah and, right? and, and podcasting is therapeutic man you get the if you like i yeah. said and not only if you get a the right guy with the right ego on the podcast will he not tell all he'll also learn something about himself because one it's kind of like therapy like i say to where you get on yeah. this microphone and sometimes i don't know if you've reached that point yet but sometimes i'm i'm real on this podcast but there's so much further 
<clears throat> excuse me, that yep. I can go in deeper. I can dive. And sometimes as I'm talking, I get my, I get ready to dive a little deeper and I'd be like, oh shit, some of the stuff I have to keep in order to tell my story, I have to tell somebody else's story and I ain't trying to get sued right. for defamation or, you know, libel or some shit like yeah. that. So I have right. to keep And my- you just want to protect, sometimes you want to protect the people that are involved in that situation, exactly. right? So some things, when it comes to like my father, right? I'll share my experiences from my perspective, uh-huh. but my father is still alive. So there's certain things that I won't share and certain feelings yeah. that I won't share until I felt like it was the right opportunity to do so. Cause I'm not here to try to be hit nobody over the head exactly. with anything. It's just my reality. Exactly. Right? And I think that's the um, hard part, man, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no. That's, I mean, that was pretty much what I was going to say. I did want to also bring up that, um, as a part of this initiative with the social media, um, I, I felt like I wanted to be a part of showing, uh, creating better images for us. So what I did was I gave, I gave eight fathers an opportunity to tell a story through images yeah. and I put it in a photo, uh, a coffee table photo book, which comes out, um, on the 17th of June. Okay, right. So this weekend cool. I have a coffee table photo book that's coming out that, that shows the stories of dads through images, right? Cause we, if Instagram or Facebook goes down, where do our images go? Where do they like go? how, who tells that story? Yeah. We have to be responsible for that. So I'm just doing my little part of what I think that will be yeah. um, to, to keep that alive. You and know it, what images are everything. I started following this, yeah. uh, this white woman on social media. I think she's called something Swedish something, but she, she has a lot of great posts that she puts up, especially like she's a beautiful woman. She's from Sweden, but she mm-hmm. often writes and posts stuff about how black men try to hit on her. And she was like, sometimes mm-hmm. in so many words, and I'm paraphrasing this, but it's distasteful because it seems like a lot of times she was like, black men would be like, you know, I only date white women or my preference is white women. You know what I'm saying? And she was like, mm-hmm. that's so, you know, she's like, I don't even like hearing that. And what I'm trying to get right. to is she went on to say that if you only, you know, watch TV or let TV teach you how white women are or how black people are, you're going to have a wrong impression of them. And unfortunately, like you go back to saying what you're saying about black fathers, if you don't really hang around black people as a white person, as a Mexican or whatever, and only your your only storytelling, you know, or depiction of a black man is on television, bro, you're going to be confused as fuck. You would be scared. You don't want to trust them. You think all of them are hood. But like I tell people, too, you have to be smart enough to be able to see that image, but also be able to, you know, detach that from real people. Because for black people, we can look at white people in movies and be like, they crooks. They steal everything. They still stealing since back from Columbia. But we don't look at every person like that. We look at the motherfuckers on Wall Street because that's what they do. And it doesn't matter. But yeah. With, now, I agree. I think that there's always two sides to most definitely. Uh, at the very least two sides to a story. There could be more, but I felt like there was nobody there. There are a couple cats that are, that are trying to do the same. Yeah. Um, but from a main mainstream media perspective, there's nobody that's willing to tell the true version uh, of, of the other side, that there yeah. are really guys out here that are married, yeah. that are single, yeah. that are fathers that are really trying to fight. I got friends that have that fought for three or four years and yeah. spent thousands of dollars for to, to get their kid back in the child support system. And yeah. then you want to talk about how the child support system was set up yeah. to ruin the black family. That's a whole mm-hmm. other conversation, yeah. but it's the truth. Yeah. Right. But we don't want to talk about that. No, that's true. Right? And that's the thing I like about this podcast and not just because I'm on it, but that's why I created it to have like real conversations and try to get people to be transparent. I think it was the couple of weeks ago when me and spider was talking, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Cause if you listen, you know that I think I was talking about some about white people and I was like, I should be allowed to be able to say whatever I want to say about white people. If a white person has offended me or I'm just having a shitty day, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean I come in and treat spider like shit because that's that white person. That's not spider. Right. It goes back to, like I said, yeah. spider be like them black motherfuckers. They stole something from me. I ain't going to get mad because he said black motherfucker because some people do fuck up, you know, but that doesn't mean that's who I am. So we just got, I think at some point right. we have to learn to just not tie negative connotations to things based off what we've seen on television or traits that we inherited from our parents who may have been racist or a prejudice or whatever. Now, yeah. from your perspective, do you not feel like black fathers get enough acknowledgement um, in media and everyday life? Like, I feel like a lot of times, oh, with, for sure. I know with black fathers, uh, if you see one that's there, some people will say, and I've been guilty of saying this myself, mm-hmm. well, nigga should be there. He created the child. <laughs> but it's like with the, with the right. woman, you know, with a woman, we just be like, oh, she's a great mother. Yeah. She's a great mother. But a yeah. father is kind of like, nigga, you should be there. And it's almost like we are saying that based off of the negative things that bad fathers have done and we don't give the fathers who never left, never wavered their due because of what, neg- you know, what shitty fathers have done. 
Right. I think a lot of times we don't really necessarily ask for it either. I don't think that we ex- we we necessarily expect that like pat on the back. Like we're not like you don't really pat anybody on the back like really like yeah. for graduating kindergarten. Like that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Like I get it. Like if you don't, then I'm a then you get nothing from me. Exactly. But I I think that I think that yeah because of the way that we've been kind of taught to treat black men in some instances in society yeah. like it's it's kind of expected that we're not there and when we are it's like a, oh yeah. wow like you're there and you know and then some guys get offended when you say um good job you're yeah. there for your kids some, yeah. some guys feel like well what else am i supposed, what am I supposed to, to do yeah right yeah and so i get i get that as well but if you flip it on the other side the messaging that people get when it comes to whether or not we exist has been so it's been so much in terms of negative responses yeah. or imagery like people expect us not to be there yeah when that you know it's first it's not necessarily the furthest from the truth because they're obviously doing what they're supposed to be doing yeah right but i think from a race perspective that happens in every race we just don't see it the way that you see it when it comes to um black you know black families and yeah. in black communities and i think you know the funny thing is a lot of times when when you hear stuff like this awesome black dads and you know black yeah. men and black people trying to empower each other sometimes especially mm-hmm. though for those woke motherfuckers out there they'll be like oh yeah. you know what society and white folks are always trying to tear us down but sometimes it's us bro yeah. sometimes we yeah. we've conditioned ourselves or society or tv not only conditions white people and mexicans mm-hmm. it's conditioning that television if you don't read a book and your comprehension and your intellect is not on a certain level you too are being poisoned to think that your own people are against you that they ain't shit that the dudes ain't shit that the women ain't beautiful and sometimes we ain't creating awesome black dads and the reality is in blavity right. and bet for white folks we creating it for ourselves because mm-hmm. sometimes we got to be able to turn that mirror or block the mirror of television that we're watching to say hey this is what we really are don't you know that's why so many people yeah. when you when you're a kid a parent tell you don't watch too much tv when you're a kid you think they just spoiling your fun really they know the bullshit that's on television mm-hmm. and they know that you don't we can't keep letting you watch this and let it program your mind to be something that's not right. real yeah so. and it's exactly why today even you know living in chicago and I, perfect example i imagine the way and you guys have visited here um at least once right and yeah. so your perspective of the city has absolutely changed from you being here yep. to the messaging you were getting before you came. Yeah. It's like, oh, Chicago, there's there's tanks yeah. and they're shooting on every oh, block. Oh, I was on 56 shit. Get the strap, shawty. <laughs> Get the strap. I'm right. not going to Chicago right. without no right. gun. Right. And I'm and I'm saying that you know Chicago has is it, it is a city, um, and I don't want to use the word tur- turmoil, but yeah. we have some things going on that we all would want to change. Yeah. But it's not the complete story of who we are, right? Yeah. So when you come here there's things and places you can go that make this city so much more beautiful than what the news is sharing. So I can't even, in my own city, I can't even watch the news because I don't want to get desensitized to the things that are going on within our community and and around. So they're sharing things that are meant to put us in a place where we're scared. Yeah. And and, and up Uh, in arms, man. It's crazy because not only do they do that, but it creates a sense of fear. And in reality, Man, the world is. I, I, this is me personally speaking. This the world is not as bad as the news and everything else makes it out to be. I heard a police officer right. tell me this years ago, and I think I've said it on the podcast. He said, "If we told and showed everything on the news, you guys wouldn't leave your house." Well, you know what? Social media yeah. happened, and it happened anyway. Mm-hmm. And I, and people are literally right. scared to leave their house, scared to fly. I've been one of those people where I'm sitting in a restaurant, and if I see a white person that looks kind of sketchy to me, I'm like. Whoa, keep your eye on this motherfucker. But it's like, because I've watched too much Criminal Minds now and I've become desensitized to people dying and certain things. And bro, we have really been programmed by all this social shit, man. And if you don't Mm -hmm. every now and again unplug, yo, the Matrix is real. Yeah, I, I, I swear that it is. Or, so part of what I'm doing is I'm just, I'm just changing, I'm changing my inputs, right? So I'm really coming to the, to the understanding that the things that I see with my eyes and hear, hear through my ears is like those things shape the way that I think, the places that I go, yeah. the places that I don't go, right? Even like I can't even listen to the radio anymore. Like I'm a podcast junkie. Oh, like bro, everything I that I listen even to, turn, to yeah, and from, yeah. like I don't even try because I understand that the stuff that I put in, just like food, yeah. when you put that food, certain foods in your body, it makes yeah. you feel a certain way. Oh, the yeah. imagery, the messaging, all that stuff that we're getting and we're consuming, mm-hmm. it begins to change you. You yeah. think differently, you move different. So, yeah. you know, it, right. it's, it's strange. You, I was listening to, 
who was it I listening to? I was listening to like some nineties artist and like who the fuck was I listening to? I was listening to something the other day, and when I was listening to it, it was just love music, and I was like, "This shit here make you want. It makes you. It does make you want to have sex with a woman, but it also makes you yeah. fight for a woman. It makes you want to be with a woman. It makes her want to call. It makes you yeah. want to call her back when you know you fucked up. But that rap yeah. shit and this new shit, it's like you know, it's all about getting head smashing, running another one through, talking shit to her, being right. Brody like. If you don't take away, I don't, not to be funny, bro. I'm sorry. I know we gonna. I'm gonna bring it back to the awesome black dads, but this is no, how, it's fine. this We're is good. How, this good. is how it's disrespectful perfect. I think it's gotten in Dayton. I watch porn and mm-hmm. I've said that a million times. You got dudes yeah. messing with their women and getting head to some of the most hardcore music, like like yeah. bitches and hoes music. It ain't no Al Green. It ain't no Tank. Yeah. It ain't no like they listening to hardcore rappers and smashing their girls. And it's like, what kind right. of girl are you even dealing with that allows you to make love to her with to bitches and hoes? Right. I just, and so that's why, and, and it's funny, like there was a lot of um, controversy around what what, what uh, Spike Lee did with the yeah. with his uh, movie that he shot rat, right? Yeah, and I yeah. get it. Um, but the fundamental, the fundamental understanding of what he was doing is that women have a whole lot of control in terms of the way we act, right? Yeah. So I'll leave it at that. I think you understand what that oh, means. I was in the beat. Yeah. We get it. And they misuse it to some degree, right? Yeah, if, they're they're not, if, if they're not shown one way or the other how to how to kind of do that. But to go to your point, if you think about how our parents grew up and the music they were listening to, yeah. listening to, there was a good mixture, right? Even though the rock, rock existed, there was R&B and soul music to some degree. So you can mix that up. So yeah. our parents were thinking about love and 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 getting high maybe yeah. or whatever so it was, family. It, was, it was peace it was more peaceful yep. right so now it's all this mumble stuff that you can't make any sense of and so you don't even want to take the time to really figure out the words that are coming out of these people's mouth you just want to hit I just know whatever that hit is you want to get it and move on yeah that's it and that's how you start to live your life so yep. you gotta I get that you want to party and you want to tap your feet but you got to mix it up. You got to put something else in there. R&B is dead, so you got to find something. You got to find something in the mix, man. Now, I wanted to talk I wanted yeah. to talk a little bit more about being a father. And the reason I asked, I, I sure. really want to dive into this is because I'm, I'm about to be 36 this year. And I've been mm-hmm. on wax saying that one week it's like, man, I want a kid. Another one it's like, I don't. You know, I got a homegirl, me and Artesia have a friend um, of the Bad and Bougie podcast. Shout out to Britt. We're going to Atlanta to see her soon. And I've never met her son, bro. But I be seeing him on Instagram when she posts pictures. And it's like something about him that every time I see it, I'm like, man, I don't know if I got to shoot somebody's club up soon. Like, and that's, <laughs> and that's dangerous to say because, no, you don't really yeah. hear men saying, I want a kid. But for me, it's like, I yeah. feel like I lacked certain things growing up like for my father he was absent in my life but I sit up sometimes yeah. and I think and I'm like I have so much knowledge to pass down to a kid I even think about myself at right. 35 and I'm like how dope is it that where I'm at at 35 I can help my son if I raise him mm-hmm. right lead him to be where I'm at at 35 when he's 25 and that's what fatherhood right. is about helping move some of those hurdles from a kid and making sure they don't have to experience those things but you can still teach them that lesson verbally right. you know what I'm saying because you've already been through that and he doesn't have to go through that so for you like what's been the funnest right. thing about being a father man oh man it's it's actually it, it's kind of hard to describe for me it's kind of everything right because yeah. just as much there are a lot of things that have been tough for me as well, right? So I don't want to paint this like it's it's all sunshine and rainbows kind yeah. of situation, at least for me, um, because it's a learning process as well. Like every day, I thought that I would have, so I was in the same spot as you. I felt like I had a lot of knowledge in terms of the things that I wanted to, to pass on and teach and so forth and so on. I'm learning that these kids are teaching me way more than I ever thought that I would get from them, yeah. right? So it's opened me up in a way that has been, um, that has been really, really refreshing, right? Because I went through this phase where my father wasn't wasn't in my life. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't really, once I had kids, there was this fear, like even like immediately when my wife had my first child, it was like, for our first child, it was like, okay, I'm elated, but I'm also scared. Like what am, all these thoughts that I had before, yeah. the things that I can give, like that goes out the window. Like, am I going to be able to provide yeah. for this kid? And I don't mean financially, right? Because the things that I think that I know they might not need. So the biggest thing for me is like really paying attention to my kids in a way that I give them the things that they need to be successful and make sure that 
I give them a pat. I let them run their own race, yeah. but I make sure that they don't trip up on the same hurdles that I did in yeah. life. And that's right? that's my job. And that's the important part. And it's so crazy you say that because I always go back to it, it doesn't matter. And I, I'm every black person should have seen this. The episode where Will Smith, you know, his dad comes into yeah. his life late and then he leaves again yeah. and he acts as if he doesn't care, but he breaks down to Uncle Phil. Now, yeah. I've personally had that moment myself, and I think any man who hasn't had a father in his life or has been inconsistent has that moment in their life, whether it's at this age or whether it's, you know, earlier or whatever. But I know how, like you said, it's not about the money that you give to a kid and financially taking care of a kid. Like Dale Hughley said on Black Love, Do- Love Doc the other day. It's about preparing your kid, especially being a black man. And I hate to always put emphasis on this, you know, being black, but it is what it is. But it's that preparation that you need to get in and out of situations in life that your parents can pass down to you so you can, like you say, skip those hurdles. I didn't get that. And it sounds like in certain parts you didn't get that. And I remember one time calling my dad and I was in love with a girl and I really didn't know how to treat her, bro. I didn't know what to do to keep her. And I just wasn't doing enough. I was emotionally detached. And it's unfortunate. I'm still kind of emotionally detached to this day. But Arteza can attest to I'm coming around on certain things. I'm not as, you know, my my outside is not as hard as it used to be. a lot better. So it's one of those things. He's gotten that, a lot better. Yeah, because, bro, I, I'm, I'm telling you, man, like, I just didn't know how to really talk about anything. I didn't want to talk about anything. And for me, I feel like that was the biggest failure that my father, you know, dealt to me was just not knowing how to communicate my feelings and not to be funny, really how to treat people who are being good to you because you're just operating out of a hurt place. You know, people hurting you and yeah. abandoning you. And that's the worst thing a child can feel is abandonment. Hell, as, fr- as adults, if me and you been cool for 20 years, Terrell, and then I just say, yeah. you know what, bro? I don't think this shit going nowhere. Or I just stop calling you and just stop fucking with you for whatever reason. Man, that's going to mess with you. Even if it's kind of like, I don't give a fuck. You know, I, I'm making, you hear so many people on social saying my circle is getting smaller. Sometimes that's good, but yeah. the process to get to the right circle is bad. It's hard. It's hurtful. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I, I, and it's, I think that it, I think that it should be. I, yeah. I think that that that's all a part of growth. Like, I think that it, it automatically you have for, for any of us to grow. I think, you know, as I listen to the podcast, I can see I can at least hear some of the some of your growing pain. Yeah. But, I, you know, after a certain period of time, I can I can see the growth and it hurts yeah. immediately. Right. But over time, you get so much better from it. Oh, and yeah. I think that that's. Um, that's a part of the reason why, why our circles, our circles have to, we have to be honest with each other. You have to surround yourself yeah. with people that aren't going to sugarcoat shit for you, yeah. right? They're going to tell you the truth like, yo, Anthony, you, what, what you did over there wasn't right. You got to go back and apologize yeah. and do this and that for it. And if you don't want to go with it, hey, you can find your, you can find somewhere else to go and yeah. you, later on you'll figure out that you were really wrong. Yeah. Before I right. ask this next question, man, so, I just got to say again, man, yeah. Chicago niggas is solid for the most part. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that for bro. the most part. I man. do. I only had a few bad. Yeah. Just one. I've only had one, one bad. One, one bad, bad experience apple in the bunch. With, with, with Chicago guys. Yeah. But for the most part, man, Chicago guys are solid. I was talking to my homeboy from Chicago, Jeremiah, last mm-hmm. night. We were just texting. I was like, these niggas are solid. Jason, solid. Uh, Darren, Darren, yeah. solid. Mm-hmm. Like all these Chicago. I'm like y'all. Need, and that's what. And it goes back to saying what you said, Terrell, about the image that's mm-hmm. painted on the city. I wanted to talk to you about yeah. that. We went to uh, Daly's, one of Daly's breakfast place, and I told her I was like, "Let's go to the south side of Chicago, where everybody says stay away from yeah. whatever." Bro, I didn't see nothing. I didn't feel no harm, nothing, and that's yeah. why I named that episode about you know with Chicago, the hood is home because I was like, "Man, everybody's showing love and mm-hmm. you know respect, and ain't nobody acting funny or different." That same service, that same smile, like it was the same neighborhood vibe yeah. that I was used to. Yeah, growing, growing up, up in the hood. hood. Like you yeah. didn't feel threatened. I think right. people feel threatened when the things that you like anything else. You don't understand it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. You right. go to the hood. And you you see don't that take guy, the time. You don't take the time to. You 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 know we go to the hood yeah. and we see that guy talking to himself on the corner. He could be a war vet or somebody's uncle, but we know he's harmless. Mm-hmm. You know. But if it's a police right. that don't know him or a person that's not black or Mexican in that area, then it's like, okay, he's a danger. He's a danger. Yeah. And what, so you know what you know what helps what helps with that. Um, what, what I think will help with that and, and what me and my wife are trying to do with our kids, um, exposure, right? Mm-hmm. So he, you'd be surprised at the number of people um, that live in Chicago that are grown, that are in their 30s, yeah. that have never been downtown, right? Because they're trapped in that block. And that's yeah. true across the world. Yeah. They let everybody else tell them 
what a particular thing is instead of going to be exposed to it. So we've, we've made the commitment that we're going to um, make sure that our kids, for whatever reason, whether it's just in the continental United States, that they're well-traveled, yeah. that they get an opportunity to see other places. And then, then at that point in time, you can begin to get empathy and sympathy for yeah. people and then just be an open book yeah. about, you know, and, and be able to, a big thing for me is discernment, right? Yeah. So that's one of the things that growing up in the hood that you got to be able to pick out and get some characteristics for somebody and then make an assessment on them, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm working on that as an adult because people know how to trick you these days. Like oh, yeah. they're, they're so much better at it, right? So now listening to what people say and being able to internalize that and discern whether or not they're yeah. good for me in my space or not, yeah. right? That'll help my kids and that'll help them be better than me yeah. when they're 21, 22, and they can move a lot better. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's so funny, um, you know, the people back, the people that used to trick you back in the 90s and the 80s, they used to call them con artists. Social media has made everybody yeah. a con artist. <laughs> they don't have a title no more, it's just people. You know, it's yeah. crazy, man. Yeah, they live on it. They make money on make it. Money what, off of it. They make money on it. That's like, what social media really is. Good All fake titties and fake ass <laughs> is con artists. Right, right, and so that's why it's your responsibility and mine as well to inject some truth, whatever our inject, truth is. No to pun intended. Our inject. No pun intended. <laughs> right, you got to inject it, and then you got to let people do it because we are the balance. Yeah, there, you can't have a yin without a yang. So, yeah. um, at this point, without your information, the stuff that you're doing with the podcast, yeah. there is no yang. People just getting the yin, and they just gonna get that, and then we can't be mad. That when Spider comes in the studio and be like, them black motherfuckers. Yeah, you like, can't. Oh, Spider, hold on. You can't. Hold on, Spider. Wait, there's a different type of black motherfucker, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. But, he um, said. so it, it's our job to do that. Yeah. Yeah, so. he said, man. What advice would you give to someone who wants to have a kid or a black man Ooh. who wants to have a kid? Because it is different. Ooh. And I say this because before you give us that answer, yeah. I say this because I think it's important because being a black man and being a white man, it is two different things. We both know that the playing ground is not yeah. equal, but also even though some white people don't try to live off their privilege, it's sometimes handed to them just because. Mm-hmm. But for me, yeah. um, I'm, I'm losing where I'm going. I did. I'm not going to lie to Terrell. I, I, oh, God. <laughs> no, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It, it kind of lost me. No, I can bit. answer the question. Okay. Man. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, I, it's pretty, it, I can give you two things. So my first thing that I would tell somebody that is a black guy, a black man that's thinking about having a kid is the first thing I would say is search and find yourself. Yeah. I remember watching a Cosby show episode and one of the guys that either Denise or um, one of the other daughters was dating would come in, he had on different color socks and had on a blazer and like, I don't know, some crazy <laughs> pants. And um, and they was like, yeah, they asked for a clip, asked him a question and he was like, man, I'm gonna spend, I'm gonna spend a year and a half trying to find myself. And at that time I was like, well, find yourself, you're yeah. sitting right there, yeah. right? But then as I got older, I realized that there are some real, there and trauma, I'm using it really lightly, yeah. but um, there's some trauma in all of our lives that we need to deal with. So we understand because when our kids look back at us, they are a true reflection Boy. of who we were, yeah. who we are, and who we want to be. Yeah. And so we got to get control of that as black men um, and understand what those things that we pass off in our DNA yep. and the things that we pass off verbally and yeah. physically to our children. Yes. So search and find that and understand that that's what you're going to be passing off. Yeah. And second, once you, once you do that, you find a solid woman that whether it works out or not by societal standards, whether it's marriage, that you find somebody that you can work with that's willing to work with you for the better of that kid, yeah. right? The rest will work itself out. If you got two responsible adults, I tell my wife all the time, we're two responsible adults, right? Yeah. We're not, we're gonna control what we can and, and nothing is bad, you know, for us it's gonna come of our kids. Like we're gonna do what we're supposed to yeah. for them, but we also have to take care of ourselves and our relationship as well. And that's what I was gonna say too, like how do you feel about people who have kids and then they get a divorce? Like, do you, cause you know, I don't think people should stay. I've heard so many situations where people stay because of their kids. I don't think people should right. do that because at some point the kids are gonna know that you don't love any, each other and yeah, then you, you raising them in a house so, to where they learning how to hide things and how to be secret. Yeah. And then it's, you're learning how to live being unhappy, which what a lot of people don't understand is that's what a lot of people have learned how to do. Live being unhappy. Yeah. Yeah, no, I absolutely get it. And I fight with that. Not that I'm fighting with divorce, but um, just the thought of it, right? So what happens uh, when people actually think about um, divorce and then it separates the household? And then I thought about it. I say, well, when you have conversations with your friends and they talk about their children, 
I'm, I'm more, if you, if you ask, if you ask me what I'm willing to do for my kids, even if you ask Artesia what she's willing to do for her kids, I'm, I'm almost certain she, she would say there's nothing. You're right. There is nothing in the world that I wouldn't do for my kids. Yeah. I have to Unless talk. I'm off in the, a relationship with a man that I don't like. I have to talk. I have to talk, <laughs> right? off the, bro. I, when we were in a relationship, I remember trying to talk off the ledge one time because she, somebody had did something. She's like, if they do something to my kid, I'm gonna. And you know, I always right. people don't know this part about me, but and she does. Like, I always crack a joke in the height of like just pandemonium mm. and she was like oh blah, 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 right. and I'm just gonna do this and I'm gonna go get it and I was like then who, who where my, I'm gonna get some pussy then like if you go to jail <laughs> and you die then where I'm getting my milk from and hey, that's then, typical man yeah you know what I'm saying like, like I just had to crack a joke like and she was like really down. yeah you know what I'm saying <laughs> the plane like, is going down we gotta like, save something hey, let's hurry up and get this we're getting ready to die yeah so let me get some before yeah, we die just a little bit <laughs> Look, you might as well die on that motherfucker might as well right like, and we die like put the head in put the head in and head let in. it go a hard ram when we go down Oh my God. Then we good to go. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would get you going. <laughs> <laughs> Anything sexual, um, man. You know it. You know it. Yeah, man. I know it'll get it'll take you off the ledge. I know. I got you. So with, I with, got with, the word. I got the key words for you. What is the feedback that you've been getting, man, with what you're doing with Awesome Black Dads? Because I see, like I say, I, I focus on it. Yeah. So I see you posting things. I see the, you know, the book, right. the coffee table book you're doing with the images of black yeah. men. But what has been some of the responses and what is it that keeps you going because I'm pretty sure it's been a point where you like man I, did I should I have signed up for this because sometimes you know right. our passions and our dreams could be more work than we than we uh what's the word yeah, Bargain for. yeah. right there you go right for sure um yeah I toy I mean I, I fight with it back and forth um but I think a big part of it is that I get caught up into um what what I would call this whole like and follow situation, oh, right? We yeah. get we get so caught up in trying to um, hit the masses yeah. where we feel like that's a failure, yeah. right? If I don't have 10,000 folks that are following me via oh, social God. media or 100,000 people that are following me via I've social media, yep. then I'm failing. I'm and then failing. now I'm going internalizing this stuff. Yeah, and it's not that, right? So I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about truly the one person that pulls up to the podcast, right? Yeah. It's played on one of my episodes and it fundamentally changes the way that they think about who they are, yeah. right? It makes them a better person. And I've gotten feedback in that from that perspective, and that makes me go to the next episode, Man, right? Yeah. I, I'm not necessarily looking to change the lives of, of 600 men or anything like that. Yeah. I'm just looking to put something out in the world yeah. that, that could potentially make us better. Because that I think better men make better fathers, and better fathers make better communities. Yeah. And we have to start somewhere. I can't start with 75,000 men. No, that's true. Right? I'm not TD Jakes. I don't have a following like like that, but yeah. it's, for me, I think that the thing that really kind of drives me is that when somebody walks up and they say, I listened to that episode, I like what you did, or I wish you would have asked this question because I really would have liked that. Exactly. The best thing that I've gotten so far is that somebody has come up to me and said, effectively, that last episode that I listened to I needed to hear because I was going through something. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what's up. That, and I'm, that, that's I'm, what I'm right now going to figure out the that, next episode. That's yeah. what keeps you going. And that's the same thing for me, man. Like when I, I tell Artesia, I was like, it's amazing when we get emails or a phone call or people who want to come on the show and they don't live in Dallas or I don't know them. It's like, damn, you don't really realize your effect. And I told Artesia, it may have been yesterday. I was like, I'm so ready to get back in the studio and record. And I was like, I'm passionate about this shit. But not only for that, I was talking, uh, um, I was telling Ortiz, I was like, when that time comes where my bread is really where it should be based off of this and what we're trying to do, it's not, I don't want to just have money and have notoriety to do shit for myself. Right. Like even with us doing this whole podcasting yeah. thing, bringing other people under the brand, teaching them about podcasting, people who just graduated yeah. college and want to do media, like my cousin, you know, Artesia is helping her doing that with PR. Another girl who just graduated with a PR degree, we're trying to help them out. So it's those things to where I yeah. knew being an older, you know, college graduate, it was certain opportunities I wasn't going to get at a radio station because I'm not 22 years old and they can't pull the wool over my yeah. eyes. But there's, the, you know, this is a, a safe haven, but it also is a, a learning and a playing ground for people to get better at what it is they want to do in a place if you want to finally be honest with people whether you want to use your name change your voice or not use your name you could do that shit here and bro yeah i definitely think i think it's absolutely 
I'm trying. I definitely am. It, it has its struggles, as you know, but I'm, I'm trying because it's th- just like it's therapeutic for you. It's therapeutic for me as yeah. well. Um, and what and and the other thing, my other saving grace is that at least like for my boys to see me doing what it is that I'm doing, they don't really understand it, but they see me right. And what I'm what I'm hoping that they get out of it is that my daddy was a producer yeah. opposed to just being a consumer, right? Mm-hmm. So produce produce something. I don't care what it is. Find something to produce, yeah. produce, let it fail, then produce something else. Don't just spend your life consuming things and only understand that part of life, yeah. right? Because that's where I feel like we're last to the race. When I say last to the race, I mean, sometimes black people are in terms of what we learn about a particular thing, right? We learn something about it and then we all rush to it. Yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah, like the whole Bitcoin madness. Oh yeah. That went on for about a month. Ain't nobody talking about Bitcoin no more. And I said right? that, they I asked me. <laughs> It's like why? Like people ask me, like why are you not uh, investing in Bitcoin? Because I got into it way. I I started thinking about it way too late. Yeah. I knew about it, yeah. but I didn't know I wasn't gonna spend two thousand dollars on. Like no, no, I'm not doing that. Nope. nope. You know what I mean? Nope. So yeah, I think it's powerful in that sense. What you guys are doing, um, bringing other people on and teaching them to to produce and find their gifts, whatever way that it is. Yeah. Now I appreciate that, man. We physically ready to wrap it up. We got another episode coming up. Sure. We definitely got to do some, okay. do another episode because it went faster than I thought it was. Yeah. And I think we've already done yeah, like, what, sure. 45 minutes? And we didn't get to the segment man, that I was I looking forward to. Both. That's the part that what, I was what, waiting are, on. No, no. Okay, well, you know what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we still got time. Now, excuse you faded to black on me. I yeah, she did. No, I, that's yeah. why I said yeah. I was uh-huh. waiting on the question. You need to get some messing from out there? Okay, you can shut it. I was... Yeah, I was waiting for you to kind of come on, stick so, peel your head from around no, the corner to come on. I but I, you know, I have some questions for. Yeah. yeah. No, that's no. We, and, and let's go with them questions, brother. So, so here's here. Well, here's one question, right? So I know you guys are, and I don't want to put no pressure on you guys. No, right? no pressure. Oh, but, and I, here it comes. No pressure. Uh, <laughs> right. So Anthony's giving me itch, right? For kids, mm-hmm. and Artizia is obviously somebody that you look up to, yeah. right? And all the things that she's done for you. Yeah. Um, so one of my questions, I think Artizia said before that she she didn't want to have kids anymore. Yeah. Um, but is Artizia for you? Is is Anthony somebody that you would have a father? I mean, not a father. I'm sorry, a kid by, and why? Um. Yes, he's. I've always told him that even though I don't want to have any more kids, he is the exception to that. Can't deny that stroke, brother. No, well, yeah. So beyond, <laughs> so beyond the stroke, so, so, he right, does. So beyond the stuff that he's learned from all the porn. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. So, you know, beyond that. Let's, let's, get into, oh, let's, get into the, let's get into the meat of it. So beyond no that, he does embody a lot of great qualities. Um, that I would mm-hmm. that I think would make him a great father um, and just watching his growth as far as like the emotional availability part and I think seeing him interact with other kids and seeing how different he is um, and knowing that that's something that would bring make him even better hmm. and so what is that representation of what a good father looks like um, where did that come from for you well you know what <laughs> That's a different story because my father was not um, involved in my life. He was there financially. So it's important Mm -hmm. to me um, for someone to be there and spend quality time and actually um, apply themselves to the relationship, open themselves up, making themselves vulnerable, being there for their kids on a consistent basis. That's one of the things that I give credit to my ex-husband for because he actually taught me a lot about what fatherhood looks like because I didn't experience it firsthand coming up. Hmm. Interesting. Give me a question. I'm like a little kid. I, know, I want I feel one. Like I want I'm in one. the hot seat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. I like answering yeah, shit. Cause, right? Because she fades to black, and I think I know some. Of, I noticed that some of her answers triggers. Yeah. You, Anthony. So I was hoping that it would trigger you, but since it didn't, right? No, um, he, he was he was well, bouncing around in his seat. I think he got oh, okay. something to say. <laughs> <laughs> right. You can you can chime in. Right. No, and sure, now, but I, I guess um, I was out now to to kind of give a back end on that question from my perspective. The reason I would have a kid with her if I did decide to to do that and we were back together, like, yeah, I've always said it. Like she's patient with me. So if she's patient with me and she's able to deal with the things that I bring to her, a child ain't nothing. And then the fact that she's already had two kids and I've seen her 
be nurturing and whatever. To, I've even told her sometimes when we was together, I was like, you're more nurturing to your kids than you are to me. I was like, let me get some of that shit. Can I get some applesauce right. and titty milk too? <laughs> Give me a little bit of that shit too, please. Oh, Not necessarily applesauce and titty milk, but you know, maybe cook me something and be more attentive Jeez. to me. But I, but yeah, one thing I, but one thing I did learn as I got older and dating her, you know, when you come in as a single man and no kids, like you still are thinking me, 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 me. And then at some point you got to be like, how big of a dick am I? To she goes to work just like I go to work. She does work outside of work just like I do. And she has two kids that she have to think about from the time she wake up to the time they go to sleep to the time she goes to sleep. And even when she's sleeping, if something happens, she got to worry about them. While for me, I could come home, rub one out, watch a game, smoke a joint, eat some food and go to sleep. And I ain't waking up from nothing until I don't even set an alarm clock. I just get up in the morning. Oh, man. So yeah, all that goes away when you have to. Exactly. <laughs> so I had to start being a little bit more, you know, honest with myself and being like, okay, is it you or is it her? So for me, it's like for her right. to be able to balance all of those things. And then as this business continues to grow and as me and her continue to partner with other people to do other things, her load is getting bigger yeah. and bigger. And I be bitching right. and complaining. And I don't never really hear her say shit until somebody get on the nerves. So yeah. if she could deal with me nah, and my yeah. shit and everything she got, I mean, she can handle another one, but I'm pretty sure my kid going to be a yeah. wide shoulder. And that, now that is the thing that concerns me because I've heard stories about his behavior in childhood. And I'm like, I, I'm mm-hmm. going from having two, yeah. two yeah. ideal children to the, nah. the devil raiser or the hell raiser. <laughs> a that I lad. know his child like the Irishman be. say, he'd be a ruddy lad. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So just one more question for you, Anthony, to kind of, uh, and a bit of a tough one. So do you think, well, I think it is, maybe it's not. Do you think that you've addressed the the issues that you have as it pertains to the history um, that you have or, or don't have with your father? And just as a caveat to that, the reason I'm asking that question is because through my process in season one of the, of the uh, podcast, I realized, I used to think that daddy issues was associated with women only. Mm-hmm. Somebody said that, they only, when they say daddy issues, you only think about women. Yep. I realize that I have some daddy issues that I need to address. Yeah. So do you feel like you have daddy issues that you truly need to address before you bring a child in the world? And if so, are you actively executing on those things? All right, and I'm gonna answer, I'm gonna answer that, I'm gonna say this first. This is the reason why niggas do have daddy issues. For one, because we act like we don't. Because as you were saying that, mm-hmm. I was thinking, that show sound like a bitch ass dude. Yeah. Daddy issues. I was wait, I was waiting daddy for him to say issues. no. I don't have no daddy issues. Yeah. Right. I'm just gonna rephrase yeah. it and say, you know what? My father not being in my life affected me. <laughs> That's what we're gonna go. We're gonna go with daddy issues. Oh, okay. So now you doing what you tell me not to do, making it sound better. Yeah. You know, I gotta rationalize this shit. But yeah. no, for don't real. It. Yeah, I, you know what? what it is. The first time I actually looked at myself in the mirror, I was uh shout out to my homegirl Crystal. I was kinda having a a situationship with the girl that I was dating and I told her before we even started being intimate and having sex and everything I was just like you know what I'm I'm not I'm not ready for this I just got out of a relationship and I was like I'm not prepared for this I'm, I'm gonna have to just wait on it but we started being intimate and as we got intimate you know I'm I'm nice to women even if they're just my friend I'm nice to people but it's like I got to a point to where really she wanted more for me and I was like I can't give you that and she wanted certain things for me and I remember one day saying because she was my friend she knew about my dad and my situation growing up but I remember telling her I was like my dad wasn't here I don't really know how to you know express that or be emotionally available and she was like nigga that's bullshit she was like how long are you gonna continue to ride on the excuse of your daddy being the reason that you can't do something and I think I was like 26 at the time that happened and I was like damn ain't nobody ever called me on my shit but it felt good because it made me look at myself and I've even told Artesia this since we uh, been knowing each other I was like Call me on my shit. Even if I don't like it, call me on my shit. But as far as the yeah. things that my dad hasn't done, I, I do feel like there are things that my dad not being there affected me and, and they still affect me today. The thing about it is I'm aware of them. So with me being mm-hmm. aware of them, I do feel like I actively 
try to change those things. Like I remember when me and Artesia was together, I'm not a hand holder, but I was like, what, what's something else you like? She liked cuddling. So I cuddled at night, even though I'd be hot than a motherfucker. You know, I cuddled with her because I was like, well, I ain't holding her hand. I got to do something. And so many times, like you go back to say, we think about ourselves in a relationship a lot of time with men. And we think women are the only ones with daddy issues. But even going back to like sex and stuff, you know, a lot of times people talk about having, you know, seeing their parents interact and kiss and hug. Mm -hmm. I didn't see that with my family. So that's another thing. Like I'm not, I realize that I don't hold hands and kiss on, you know, whoever I'm with and do all this nice shit. I'm good with words. Mm -hmm. My daddy was good with words. I learned that's what makes you a good player being good with words. (laughs) But I had to realize I was like, I got to address this shit and I got to stop saying shit that if I'm not going to come through on it, I got to stop that because even if it's not to a kid, it's to a woman it's doing the same shit my dad did. Mm -hmm. So I've just learned how not to rationalize my shit, bro. And, see it for what it is and even with Arteza we could argue like if we argue right now bro like I'm, my ego is subdued enough to where if I go home by the time I get home I know I was wrong I'll text her and say I'm sorry or I'll leave her an audio message and be like hey I know you probably don't want to talk to me right now but I apologize I fucked up whatever and when I yeah. first started doing that yeah. it used to hurt it, like it, my ego was so hard I would, I would apologize but it was almost like a backhanded when I would call and be like you know, I'm sorry if I offended you and then shit. If you don't take the apology, then fuck it. It is what it is. And she'd be like, nigga, what kind of bullshit is... But yeah. bro, it was just me not wanting to submit to my emotions and knowing that I was wrong mm-hmm. and so on and yeah. so forth. So Yeah, no, I, I get it. And I'll, yeah, I'll give like... And I haven't said it yet. I plan on like mentioning it a little bit in my season too. But uh, part of me, like I, like I internalize a lot of things and then yeah. I go, I'm really reflective. So... One of the things that I remember in terms of like um, my father, when he, who wasn't around, I remember like maybe being six or seven and him calling and saying like, I'm gonna take you fishing. And I remember sitting in the window waiting for him oh, to like come and pick me up, yeah. right? And it never happened. And so as I begin to like, as an adult, like search through some of the things as to why I am the way that I am, like yeah. look for the root. Like I realized that for me, that made me, I. It's a reason why, and it's funny because I'm married, but as it pertains to commitment, people can ask me some of the simplest things yeah. where they like, can you come here or go there? Like, I'm indifferent about it because I don't want them to feel the way that I felt at that time period, yeah. right? So it's not just about the relationship that I have with a woman, it's the relationship that I have with my mom, gotcha. with my friends, with everybody else. So it's, it's like, when I say daddy issues, it's that real stuff like you get when you go to a therapist. Oh, and I'm glad yeah. you talk about therapy. Oh, yeah. Right? Because we need to go. Oh, for yeah. real. You know <laughs> what? I'm going to say this. So. And I'm going to be real transparent, bro. And I've never even said yeah. this on wax. And Artie's looking at me like, what? The reason I Whoa. got back into uh, the reason I got back into therapy this time is when mm-hmm. we and her broke up, like we got into it so bad, like in my mind, I was sitting on the couch yeah. And I'm not going to lie, bro. I'm an honest person. I wanted to put my hands on it. And when that came to my mind, I was like, bro, I'm tripping. And I remember looking at her and I was like, you need to go, man. And she looked at me like she knew she ain't never seen that in my eyes before. And it was nothing that she did. It's just we have certain things when we were together. We had indifferences about certain things. And I'm kind of. Because I feel like I give so much of myself and I try to do things which I'm learning not to do. I try to do things that my father didn't do. And sometimes you push yourself so fucking hard to where you're like, okay, this nigga didn't do that. I don't have to do this. I just need to be good to people. I don't have to, you know, go out of my way and run myself thin for everybody and that's the thing that I had did to where I'm nice to everybody I'm cool with everybody and with her you know being my girl and somebody I respect and care about I literally used to go out of my way for her and and her to me but sometimes I feel like it wasn't reciprocated in a manner that I needed it and same you know same thing for her to me you know and Mm -hmm. when I got that mad that day I was just like bro you got some work to do so when we broke up, I know even people, they'll see us together and she knows what it is. Just like I know what it is. I still fuck a nigga up if he talked to us sideways. But at the same time, right. when people be like, y'all might as well get back together or you ain't looking to date. You've been, you know, y'all been single eight months. I need shit. I got to work on it. Sometimes that shit takes longer than two months, three months, four months, five months. And that's why it's a revolving door of fucked up relationships because people don't learn to masturbate and keep it moving. 
and work on yourself <laughs> or go to therapy and get better. And it's like they just get lonely and they jump right back into the first thing that people pay attention to. And social media has given us too many goddamn options. Some of us don't even okay. have that many options in real life, but social media has created this illusion that we do. Yep. And I'm talking yeah. to niggas no, now. Because you got niggas that, out here. Yeah, that oh, yeah. me, other men can look. Other Idris Elba, handsome. Very handsome man. Kevin Hart, meh, his money, and he's short. You right. know when you you know yeah. you know when you're supposed to be getting a certain quality of vagina, and you know when you're not, and you should know when your money. Right. It's just like I tell people all the time. I've been saying on the podcast. I don't think I'm an ugly guy, but I know my DMs wouldn't be where they at if people didn't think I was doing something more than what I was doing. So sometimes, right. even if I see a picture in my DM or a girl say something that's just pretty enticing. I gotta be like, hey, yeah. nigga, this they went they wasn't on your dick a week ago until they saw you in pictures next to Slim Thug. They went on your dick until yeah, they saw just, until they say MZ Studios part owner. They went on your dick until they yeah. saw you on iHeartRay. You gotta be careful, man. You just gotta be careful. Yeah, you got you gotta be careful. Mr. Big Shot. Who do you think you are? I don't know where oh, this yeah. interview is going right now. I'm just having fun. Yeah, I, I don't either. But I'm, yeah, he having some fun, man. So, so the last, the last thing I gotta say is that gotcha. um, you said something, I, and I'm not really, I can't really even remember exactly, but I, I understand the context. Um, also, learned that the further away we run from the things or the issues that we have, the closer we get to to it. Mm-hmm. So all the time, I was saying that that I'm not gonna be my dad, right? Or I'm not gonna be what I thought that he was, without really searching or understanding what he was or is, yeah. or why he became that way, yeah. right? I became, I, I got closer to it. As I got older, I realized like, man, what, where did that come from? Um, and so you you gotta ask yourself the hard and tough questions yeah. to get to a place to where you can kinda, so cause just saying, I ain't gonna be that, yeah. is the easiest, that's a get out. Like yeah, that's the easiest is. thing that we can do as men. That's what we do as men. Very like, true. all right, we go squeeze one out, like you say, and let yeah. it go. Like it's gone, we move on. Yep. But it's still there. It's still there, bro. It's still there, because we aren't socialized in a way where we can handle it, and that's why we need women, yep. because they're more emotionally intelligent than us, so yeah. they balance us out. Yeah, and balance is key. No, that's true, bro. Yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah, so. so before we get out of here, let them know when you uh, plan on releasing sure. or starting season two for Awesome Black Dads. Also, let them know where they can find yeah. you on social media and uh, your handles and stuff so they can you know check you, follow you, and see what's going on with you. Right. So on all social medias, with the exception of Twitter, you can find me at Awesome Black Dad. Um, Twitter, you can find me at The Awesome Black Dad. And the book is going to be released uh, on uh, June 17th on Father's Day. Uh, the see, episode one of season two comes out father on Father's Day as well, so I got a lot going on that day. So look for that; it'll come out. Um, all both of those things will happen on the same day. So check us. And I also have a website at awesomeblackdads.com that you can check out, and I have information there where you can you can check out the book and kind of you know go through it. I'll post some pictures and stuff like that. I'm putting the social media strategy together so you can check out what I've done and what we've created, which I think is dope. So you know, catch up with us and we'll see. Right, we'll see what we got going. That's a bet, man. But be sure to keep up with all things yeah. The Reality Is by going to www.therealityis.com. That's T-H-A, The Reality Is. Also, follow us at The Reality Is on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can also listen to previous podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spreaker. And we've just been added to Our Heart Radio. We've been on there for a minute now. You can also talk to Alexa on the Sonos and say, uh, Alexa, The Reality Is. Play The Reality Is, please. We got some sexy shit like that going now. You can also find us on Amazon. And if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, be sure to email us at info at the reality is. As you can hear Terrell on the podcast, it does work. He emailed us. He's here. And last but not least, be sure to leave us a good uh a, leave us a review. A good review. Yeah. You know what? I see this is where the real part clicks in. I screenshotted my notes and it stopped right there. So we don't care if you leave us a good review. We don't care if you leave us a bad review. But we do want to hear from you. Yeah, we just want to leave. We want you to leave some man. But Terrell, man, we do appreciate you for coming out, man. And uh, podcast we appreciate your insight we'll definitely have you back again because like you said bro i feel like it's a lot of shit we didn't say but i'm learning from the listeners that don't nobody want to hear a motherfucking hour and a half and two hour podcast so stop it (laughs) y'all all right man we'll catch you on the next time bro appreciate it all right man appreciate it y'all have a good one all right you too man y'all always remember the nl curse xl success we'll check y'all next week
Artesia, sure. you're going to be asking questions too if you hear something. Oh, okay. She better. I don't want to, don't be fame, don't fade to black. Or yeah, geez, see, I need to get something. Oh. But you know okay, what, Terrell? It's a true listener. Here. It is, yeah. man. And I'm glad. Are we recording already, Spider? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, we've right, been that, going the whole and, time. all right, that's perfect. So. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.